0: If I just kept going, like how far could I go? It's kind of like the whole like Forrest Gump. I just started going and I just felt like I didn't want to stop and just kept going.
1: Diz Runs Radio episode 1096 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick, if you haven't heard me talk about it before... Has been a minute? It's been a minute since I've talked about the Little Things course. The Little Things course is still available, and it is still completely free of charge. What is the Little Things course? It's uh, a little bit of a video slash text slash meme. We, 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 do, we do lessons through memes as well in the Little Things course. But basically, it's, it's looking at all the little things that uh, supplement our running that, if I may be so bold as to say that, it's actually as important to take care of the little things as it is to get our training in when it comes to moving towards our running goals. Talking about sleep, talking about recovery, maybe a little bit of cross-training, some diet nutrition discussion, uh, those kind of things that we kind of, I think, know our key, yet uh, if we're honest and if I'm honest, we don't and I don't always put as much emphasis on and importance on the little things as we do on making sure we're getting enough miles in. And uh, yeah, maybe we get a little more bang for the buck for our miles if we take care of the little things. So even if you think you're doing all right, it might not be a bad idea to, to dive into the course, check it out. Maybe learn one or two things. You learn one thing, and the price tag is free, and it helps you move forward. I feel like that's you know money well spent or money well not spent, as it were. Anyway, if you want to check it out, if you haven't done so already, com slash little things is the link. Pretty easy. You, 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 there's some registration that's like free. Uh, and then you've got access to the whole entire course. Knock yourself out. Dive in deep. Learn a few things. Most importantly, implement a few things. And uh, supplement your training by taking care of the little things. Disruns.com slash little things. Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Today's guest is uh, a fellow running coach and podcaster, so uh, that's, always, that's always a fun combination for me because it clearly means no shortage of things to talk about. Uh, in his running career, he's run hundreds of races up to and including the 50-mile distance, so again, lots of avenues to, to explore on the running front. Um, and at, at last glance, or at least at my glance, uh, about 14, 15 episodes of the podcast in, depending on how many more episodes, maybe 16, 17, I don't know, depending on how many episodes come out between the time we record this one and uh, it gets released and how, how his schedule goes. But still still newer in the podcasting world, but hey, always good to have other good voices and, and love to share the, the, the time with other fellow podcasters. So, like I said, multiple times now, lots of things to talk about today. Let's get the party started and officially welcome Mr. Michael Nielsen to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Michael. Really appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me today. It's been uh, quite the pleasure to be on today.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it. And, y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, kind of want to find out a little bit more about Michael, his show, uh, things like that, runnersresource.ca. Runnersresource.ca is the website. That's the home base. Everything can be found there. Um, And uh, on Instagram and Twitter, you want to get in touch with with Michael there. It's at Miken underscore running. That's M-I-K-E-N at under at Miken then underscore running. R U N N I N G. Same handle, both places, Instagram and Twitter. Makes it easy that way. And uh, if you if you are somehow confused, if you're trying to go com when it's supposed to be .ca, whatever, whatever it is, you know, you, you forget the underscore on the on the social media handles. We got you covered as always. Dizruns.com slash 1096. Dizruns.com slash 1096 will take you back to the show notes for today. Photos, links, everything that you need from today's conversation will be there for you at the click of I would say the click of a mouse, but are we even listening to this on a mou- With using a mouse? It's all click of your finger on your screen, uh, but whatever it is. is, slash 1096 will have you covered. So, Michael, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a pretty simple and straightforward question that for some folks it's an easy one to answer. Some folks it's a little bit more difficult. And with, with as many races as you've got under your belt, it might be a complicated one or I don't know. It might be a slam dunk for you, but one way or the other it's a good way to start the question or start the conversation that's with the simple question. What is your favorite distance to race and why?
0: Yeah, so in preparation for thinking about this, as you said, you know, I have run so many different distances over the years. And I'm gonna throw one out and I don't know how many people would have answered this way, but my favorite race that I have done distance wise over the years is 50k.
1: Okay. Why is that?
0: Reason being, I, I am decently fast. amateur runner, you know, not any professional basis. So I've run some pretty fast 5Ks, um, some decent marathon times. And as you had made reference to, uh, the furthest I've gone is 50 miles. I will put the sort of asterisks on 50 kilometers being a 50 kilometer trail run, uh, a lot easier on your body than say a 50K road race. But I find now that 50K mark, you know, you're just starting to like have some more uh, distance. So there's a lot more elements than just, you know, a pure speed 5k race, Um, you know, on the trail, you got a lot more different elements, fueling, different pacing strategies, you know, guys going out too hard and burning out. So I've just found over the years that 50k race, you know, there's just, you know, you're looking at probably six to seven hours, for myself finishing. So there's just so much that can happen and you're running on the trails. It's a whole lot more interesting than running on a road. And I've just found over the years that I've run it a couple of times and I just had a ton of fun doing that distance.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I I can't push back on that at all. Not that I ever, I mean, it's a, it's an opinion-based question, obviously. So it's right. not like I can ever really give too much of a pushback. Although every once in a while, somebody will say a 5k. And I'm just like, oh, that's just so hard and so fast from the, from the beginning. Not my, not my cup of tea, but yeah, 50k. Like that is the, the. I, I say the more I've run, I think I've run five of them. I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, massive uh, uh, ultra distance type of runner, but mm-hmm. every time I do a 50k, it's just like, I should do more of these. Cause it's just, it's, it's it's fun. And, and for me at least, and I, I'd be curious to hear your take on this, Michael, like, like it, it's only five miles more than a marathon ish, mm-hmm. whatever. Cause, cause we all know if you've run ultras, y'all know it's, it's all kind of close. Like, you know, I've run five fifty Ks. I don't think I've only run maybe one that was actually 31 miles. Like it's everywhere from, from 29 and a half to like 34 and they're all just 50 K.
0: How do you actually map it out? Exactly.
1: <laughs> right, right. But something about, about the the 50 K and especially like you said on the trail, um, it's just so much more relaxed sometimes and more enjoyable, um, than, than a, a good hard marathon, um, that, that while they're so close in distance and the training is so similar, I mean, they just feel like two different worlds in, in my, in my estimation.
0: They they are absolutely, um, you know, a, a, a hard marathon on a road, you know, at least for myself, I'm looking at probably three and a half hours and, your body when you're finished is just beat up like crazy. The, the day of and after, you know, you could hardly walk. Now a 50k, you're still sore, but I don't find it as difficult uh, recovery-wise when you're finished. Yeah, and like you said, you know, it's only a couple miles difference. Now you're running, a, at least for me, you're probably running a lot slower on the trail than you would on the road. But it 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 is two totally different races completely. So yeah, I totally agree with you.
1: Yeah. Um, we may, we, we'll probably come back to that a little bit, but I'd love to, to kind of start, start a little closer towards the beginning. How, how long have you been? I mean, we, we talked, um, or I guess I, I mentioned, uh, you know, hundreds of races, which means you've been running, running for a minute. I, I think uh, I saw on the website, maybe 05, 06 was kind of something like that was your first half marathon. But had you been running much before that where'd you get where'd you get started in this sport
0: yeah i mean I, like any kind of younger person i when i was younger i would have run cross country in elementary school uh, you know dabbled a little bit in high school running some five or eight k races but i really really didn't get kind of the running bug in and around oh five as you made reference to so when i was in university uh got involved in a training group where we were running a, training for a half marathon and I couldn't actually, it was a scheduling issue. I couldn't run that race. So I actually did it on my own on a cold February morning on a Saturday morning, just a stopwatch with dad, uh, mapped out the distance in my car. You know, this is well before, you know, Strava and, uh, GPS watches. So, you know, took the car out, drove out, uh, half the distance, Marked it approximately where I needed to go, came back, knew that's where I needed to go. Uh, So ran out, uh, dad kind of as the trail van and kind of time and give me water along the way. Um, So that was my kind of my first official half marathon. Uh, A couple of years later after that, that's when I ran my first uh, official half marathon uh, on an actual course. Uh, That was the Richmond half marathon down in Richmond, Virginia. And then from there, I, I, I think I follow a very similar route as a lot of runners do. Uh, from there, h- half a year later, would have run my first 5K. And then, you know, of course, oh, well, you've done the half marathon. You've got to do the marathon. Uh, tackle that distance a couple of times. And then, of course, as we've made reference to, uh, getting into the ultra field. So then, of course, okay, well, you've done – a half marathon, a marathon, you've got to try the 50 K after doing a a few 50 K and a few half marathon distances on the trails. Well, then of course you've got to do the 50 mile race. So, um, that would have been about 10 ish years ago, you know, trained, uh, for a year and a bit, I actually had gone out to Colorado, uh, in the Denver area to run my first 50 mile Unfortunately, I didn't end up starting that race because uh, I got altitude sickness. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd gone out there, you know, make a, on a Wednesday. And by Friday, I was throwing up, headaches. I, I was in no shape to run at all. So I didn't even get the opportunity to start the race. Wow. So that, that was terrible. First time, you know, ever not really getting – the opportunity to, to start or even finish the race kind of sucked. But uh, half a year-ish later, um, then tackled it back home. Uh, so I'm in southern Ontario here in Canada. A lot less altitude <laughs> right. and a lot less mountains that we have here compared to Denver. Uh, but, yeah, then tackled the distance for the 50-mile. That is tough. I don't know if you ever run 50 miles.
1: 45. yeah Okay. So close, but it was, it was labeled as a 45 mile race. I think we ended up at 44 and a quarter or something like that. So again, ish, but, but yeah, close, I think close enough, but I I still don't claim that I've run a 50 mile. I got to get to 50 first.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, as we said, you know, running trails is a lot easier than running road, but that was definitely on par for the marathon on the road. Very, very difficult. Um, But I mean, A lot of fun. I would definitely do it again if given the opportunity. Uh, but that, yeah, running all day and, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 it it, it is a lot of work in, in, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things that there was, you know, not too long ago, I couldn't have even wrapped my head around it. It was only just, just over a year ago as we're recording this, it was, it was a year ago, November, uh, November of of 2021, I guess that I I did, I did the, the 45 miler. Um, but, I mean, a year before that, I don't know that I could have even, like, I'd done a couple 50Ks, but that was, like, that was that was more than enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, once once you kind of, you know, just sometimes the natural progression, it sounds like you've been on that progression, um, you just kind of start building up to it. And, you know, with, with with running friends always nudging you on to do something crazier, uh, bigger, longer, faster, whatever it might be, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you kind of get there. And, and, and I kind of want to go back to that. I think I want to go back to that because it's interesting how you said it, or how, at least how I heard your, your phrasing of you know run a half, and people are like, well, you've run a half, you've got to run a full, and it, it struck me as as um, humorous how quickly we are we runners that have done been there, done that, throw that kind of advice out there like like it's no big deal to run twice as far, like you've run you know thirteen point one miles or twenty one in and about and change kilometers, oh just go out and double that, like no big deal, oh you've done a half, you can do a full, like. Man, that's that's just ridiculous when you stop and think about it, but I think so many of us have been guilty of of saying that type of ah just whatever, go out and go out and do it. But man, that's a big undertaking to take that that leap.
0: Yeah, it is. And and I think though even if you have run a half marathon, I think you definitely have the ability, the skills, uh the mindset to be able to run the full distance. When you do bring it back, it is funny. Yeah, it is double the distance. It is it's not even half harder it is probably three quarters or more harder to run that full marathon distance but there is you know that the lore of the marathon of wanting to run that those 26.2 miles 42.2 kilometers uh, and and, you know potentially you know qualify for Boston or or whatever that goal might be Uh, so many people want to run the marathon And, and I think probably in the back of my head I had been thinking about that all along when I've been, you know, running and after running that half was definitely something that I wanted to do. Uh, so yeah, I, I think so many runners that you have had the opportunity to talk with and I've talked to through the years, it is that kind of just natural progression that once you've done one thing, one race, one distance, you're always looking to push, like you said, either the time getting a little faster, the distance going a little further, we are creatures of habit that we want to push ourselves, get new goals, push our bodies to new limits. So it isn't as surprising when you hear people, oh, yeah, I've run a half marathon and I now I now want to get a new goal and, and run the full. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and and then along those lines, I mean, you know, I, I feel like it wasn't too long ago that like hundred miles was, was more or less it. Like that was, that was the, the longest of the ultras. And and now, and, and maybe I just didn't know about it, you know, five, eight, 10 years ago, but now it's like, you know, there's a handful of 200 mile races out there. And, and I feel like one of them at Moab, maybe one, one of them, 240 miles, like just, just ridiculous in, in my mind, you know, somewhat metaphorically, but also somewhat literally like just ridiculous amounts of distances. Right. And, and it almost makes me wonder, like, I mean, it doesn't. I, I don't know that I. I don't spend much time thinking about it, but like, where does it stop? Because it's like, you know, we, we just keep doing more. Like, all right, well, we, you know, first we did the the half marathon, and then, well, now we'll do the, the marathon. Well, maybe we'll try the, the 50k, and then the 50 mile, and then you get up to 100k, 100 mile. Well, let's go do 200 miles. Let's do two. Like, goodness gracious, people just. And I mean, and there are those multi-day events that are, you know, 100. six days, eight days, ten days, where your people are running 400, 500 miles. Like, like it's just. The, the i don 't know where I'm going with this as far as the question goes, but just the 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 bounds of let's see how much farther we can go is just kind of almost limitless to a, to a point um yeah
0: totally I mean I think as humanity it's good to push the boundaries uh both as a society and individually, like how far can I go like what what is Uh, this has been something I thought about for a long time when I was younger, when I kind of first got into running. So I had been running, as we talked about before, you know, in high school. And, you know, you just go out nice and easy and you run for, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. And I don't know if you've experienced this. You know, when you run at a, a slower distance, you start thinking, well, how far could I actually go if I just didn't stop and I just kept going? Uh, You know, you you have time commitments and things, but like, if I just kept going, like, how far could I go? It's kind of like the whole like Forrest Gump. I just started going, and I just felt like I didn't want to stop and just kept going. Um, There, there is an element, I think, maybe of going too far and pushing too too much. You know, these like three hundred plus mile events, maybe too hard on your body, but there there is something to be said of how far and how much you can push your body in terms of wanting to accomplish a great goal. Someone who's never even dreamed of doing something like a hundred miles of running likely is going to be about 24 hours or more to finish it. I think if you have that goal, good on you. That, that is
1: amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Something that uh, every once in a while, i get somebody trying to nudge me in that direction. I'm quick to, nah, nah, not right now.
0: But that's I've I've also
1: learned to not say never, because if I say never, then it's almost inevitable that it's going to happen at some point. So we're, we're just, you know, no interest right now. But but I'll tell you what, the more I talk to folks that have done, you know, 50 miles and, and, and beyond, it's like, you know, I mean, I've, I've touched 45. Like, all right, well, 50 doesn't seem that bad. And that, then that starts that slippery slope towards, well, I could do 62 and right. that'd be 100K. And that's, you know, that, that's probably you know, within, within reach ish. And then, you know, well, then it's just another, and then you get runner math. Well, it's just another 40 miles, like, like 40 miles is no, that's just another 40 miles. I'm like, ah, who knows? Who knows?
0: I think one day I would, wa- I've had the idea of running hundred miles at some point, you know, I have paced people and helped them uh, during a hundred mile event. And it's been something I've thought about N- nothing in the short term that I want to do right now, but, I think one day I would potentially tackle that distance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see it. And I think, I think for me, and I don't know if this would, would relate to you as, as well, Michael, but it's just like, you know, like I have goals of getting faster still at the marathon and, and getting that, mm-hmm. that BQ and whatnot. But at, at some point, like not that you can't, like you can still get faster or you can maybe get re- faster relative to the age group and things like that. But like when all of a sudden, like your are faster, just hammer it days are, are well in behind you like then it just kind of maybe is a, well, let's see how, like, at least for me, I could see that would be the the shift to like, well, let's just see how far we can go. Like, you know, that's where maybe it would be more appealing, you know, another another maybe 10, 15 years down the road.
0: I think that's kind of what happened to me as well. Um, So I was running, you know, a few, as you said, a few halves, few fulls, you know, really trying to push the distance. And then you kind of hit that kind of mark where like, well, how much faster can I get? This is getting harder training wise. Why don't I just switch it up and try something different? So I, you know, I'd been running a couple of full marathons for a couple of years. And then, you know, I had discovered trail running kind of on the whim, you know, just looking at a race to, to do. And then it was like, oh, well, this is kind of cool. Why don't I kind of push the distance wise? You know, so you do like 25 uh, kilometers on a trail, and then you're picking up 50, and then the next thing you know, you said now you're running 50 miles. So, I think that happens often to a lot of runners where they want to tra- switch up their training. You know, they've been running on the road for a long time and kind of been obsessed with the time, and they want to get away from that and get on the trail and just enjoy themselves and see what it's like to push the distance. So, that definitely happened to me, uh and that's something that. Um, you know, it it's good for runners to switch up their training and try something different.
1: I agree. Have you have you done much um or any kind of ping ponging back and forth, meaning like, all right, well we'll stretch it out some of the longer trail stuff and then maybe let's dip back into road running and, and trying to race for time, whether it's a half full, five K, I mean whatever. Um but but and if so, I guess then the question is, how have you noticed or have you noticed the benefits of mixing some things up and trying a different discipline and then coming back to something else? um, and how that's, that's worked out for you.
0: Um, yeah, and, and I think it, it does help you. Um, so I'll get, kind of run through. So I had run, uh, after running the 50 mile race, um, kind of came back and tried to qualify for Boston a couple of times and ran some decent marathons. And during that time, you know, you're really pushing the endurance and the speed endurance that's needed to run a marathon. And I had a, a, a personal goal of running, a uh, a, uh, a sub 20 minute 5k and it had been trying to, to do that for a number of years, but then it kind of lost that goal. It just, you know, wasn't happening and pushing the distance for the marathon. But then, you know, just, you know, in training, you know, wanted to run a, a 5k race, come back to that goal. And I think through the train that I was doing to push the marathon distance, it actually helped me to become a faster 5k runner. So that, that definitely helps, you know, to, to be able to run 50K, come back. It's going to be able to support you a lot better to run a marathon. And then the same thing, you know, running a very fast marathon is going to be able to support to run a faster 5K. So that definitely helped uh, for my overall running
1: goals. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know, I, I, th- I think sometimes, and, and I'm guilty of this. So, you know, anybody that, that might be feeling conflicted, uh, i'm I'm right there with you, but it's like you, you it's easy to get focused on whatever your distance is half full five k I mean it doesn't matter. Uh, but you get focused on that, you have your goal, you're trying to to BQ or hit break this this time barrier or whatever the case might be. Um, but yeah, like working some of the different different systems and also just like i don't know like freshening up the scenery if you will like just changing like get like cleansing your palate maybe by, right. by running a different distance training for something that's short and fast or kind of long and just kind of cruising um, can really help you come back to that distance that is your is your primary focus or your primary goal with with a fresh perspective with a new vigor for the training or whatever it might be that can really help spur you forward yeah when I was trying
0: to push the the speed for 5k for a number of years I definitely plateaued. And then I got away from it. And I think like you said it, you, your body, you're able to just not, uh, there's only so much you can kind of push yourself and you need to, to change things up. And it definitely helped me to kind of get away. Cause now, I mean, it's been a couple of years since I run that, the sub, uh, 20 minute for 5k, but I, I, ran, I think I've done it three times now. And and like the last time I'm like, how in the world did I do this? And Honestly, I think it, it is a mindset thing sometimes where you you just think that, OK, I cannot get past this point. It's like the four minute mile. People thought there is no way that it is humanly possible for anyone to run under four minutes for the mile. And then someone did it and then someone did it again like a week later and then it just snowballed. And now like high school kids are doing it. And the, I think the same thing happened for myself. I was like, I cannot run under 20 minutes for the 5k. And then it's like, how in the world did I do it with so little training and without any focus at all? And that actually last race was hilarious because I ran without a watch, just kind of went out for fun. And i and I set a personal best. I'm like, how did, how did that happen? It's weird.
1: I've had this similar line of conversation um, mm-hmm. with, with a few folks. And, and when you said that you went out and ran without the watch and then what, what the heck happened? Um, and, and maybe this is leading into some of your coaching or how you got into coaching. I, I'm sure it actually probably will, but curious, you know, do you think that sometimes potential, like, like I'm a big, you know, I, I wear my watch, I wear my heart rate monitor. Like, like I, you know, is I'm it... not, I'm not anti-tech a, at all. Um, at least as far as I would consider the basic tech for us runners, you got to have your watch, you got to, you got to know what's going on. You got to have that data. Um, but sometimes I think that that especially on race day, we can be we can we can set our goal, you know, in your case is as an example, at least like, oh, I don't know, like 20 minutes. Maybe that's and like if you see the pace on your watch, then you think that I'm, I'm going too fast or I, I'm not capable of this because it's faster than maybe that 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 pace that would be required. Um, but versus when you don't have that that external feedback and you are just listen to your body and your body's feeling good, so you keep going. That maybe sometimes the the watch or the technology kind of almost limits us because it, it, we create this this artificial barrier that really isn't there
0: mm-hmm. I hundred percent agree with you, so to kind of dive into that, and it's funny, that race I actually won it, it was one of the best feelings I ever had to actually win a race, and I mean it, it's still a decent time, but you know if there was any like elite runner, what. <laughs> Uh, so that that's always part of it, but it, I still won, so I can't take that. You only
1: race the people that show up. That's
0: for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So there was a girl who probably passed me in and around the one k mark, and it's funny you should say that because I'm just going at having a fun time. I don't care what happens to me. I, you know, I'm going to run hard, but I'm I'm watching her, and the entire time, honestly, l- less than thirty seconds consecutively, turn, turn the wrist. What am I, what am I running? What am I running? What am I running? You don't need that much feedback. Like that's too much, way too much. I'm just out there cruising. Like you said, knowing where is my body right now? How do I feel? I have no idea how fast I'm going. I don't have a watch. I could be running at an hour. I mean, I generally know, you know, as you know, when you run a lot, you do know generally what you're, where you're running but within a few seconds you don't really know exactly but you're also not obsessed with it and as you said you're just letting your body run at the speed and distance wherever you are at that very moment and I feel it actually was super beneficial to not have that watch for that constant feedback and whether it hurt her to be looking at it who knows but I think it really helped me And and especially the latter half of the race where I'm like, okay, I feel super good by like the one came four K mark at the end. And just I mean, I don't know what my last uh, kilometer would have been, but I know it was probably one of the fastest I'd ever run.
1: Have you have you tried that strategy in other races like like and and just for me, for for context, um, Mm -hmm. I still wear my watch on race day. But if I'm if I'm legitimately racing, if I'm going out to push that day, mm-hmm. um, I turn everything off on my watch except for total distance and total time. And like, yes, I could kind of sort of do the math, but like once you get a couple few miles deep, like I'm not I'm not crunching the numbers to be like, am I at am I at nine minute pace or am I at eight forty five? Like I'm just kind of keeping an eyeball on where things are. But I, but because I know that I'm not seeing heart rate, I'm not seeing average pace, I'm not seeing all. This, I don't hardly ever look at my watch. Like, like, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's, if it's a half marathon, I might double check. Are we at mile eight or are we at mile nine? All right. We're at eight and a half. Okay, cool. Like whatever. But like, I'm not focused on, I'm just going, but then I have the data afterwards, which is where the data part comes back into play. But all that to say I've had good success. I mean, you know, I've had some that that blew up because you push a little too harder. You got a little overconfident, like whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but you know, for lack of, you know, for more often than not, like, like it's kind of been my go-to for races for the last handful of years. Have you tried that in other races besides the one? and, And how has it worked for you if you have?
0: No, I, I, that was the only one that I tried it on. Um, and for a while, I don't know if you ever felt this uh, speaking about watches and things, but I got, I think and a lot of runners do, got too obsessed with time and, and things. And my watch broke and I was like, you know what, I'm just not going to replace it. I'm just <laughs> gonna, and I ran for a couple of years with no watch wow. at all and i would just you know the, the data was more like how far did i go so just wanted to know like the total volume so i would just calculate like on a g maps pedometer how far did i go either before or after but i had no idea the pacing wise uh and it wasn't until recently more just to like it is easier to keep track of everything you're doing if you carry a watch with you so i mean i, I use it now just to like you said just for data just to know what i'm doing but I would be interested to see I haven't run a marathon in a couple of years now, but to try what it would be like to run a marathon and using that same strategy, uh, with no watch, just, you know, the, let's see how the body feels.
1: Yeah. It's, it takes, especially with a race like the marathon where there's as much commitment and training that leads up to it. And you you, you know, know, if you you try it in a five K and you blow up, whatever, you can try it in a five K next weekend and, and, you know, tr- either try it again or go back to the watch next weekend and whatever right. I mean, you do that with a marathon, maybe it doesn't work so well, but I would, I would encourage you to try it. Like it's, it, like I said, it, mm-hmm. does it. I've had some that have blown up on me because of it, or at least in- potentially because of it. Um, uh, but I've had some good performances, but anyway, shifting into, into some more coaching stuff, where did, where did that come into the equation for you? Is that, is that something that's, that's newer? Or is that something that's been around for a while?
0: No, it's, uh, something very new. Um, so just some kind of quick personal things I had kind of changed jobs a couple of times uh, recently in in the last couple years. And I had started a podcast totally unrelated to running uh, back in 2021. It ran for about a year-ish. And kind of through that experience and getting the opportunity to talk with a bunch of business owners and entrepreneurs who are super passionate about the things that they love and the things that they're doing, I kind of just thought like, I mean, I really enjoyed the podcast. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot, uh, you know, producing podcasts and putting things out on social media and interviewing people. But I kind of had some self-reflection and thought, well, what do I love to do the most? And what do I have the most knowledge about? And it was so obvious that it was running. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of part of the reason I wanted to start the uh, Runner's Resource podcast, just having the opportunity to as you, with you, it's great to connect with fellow runners and give my kind of tips and tricks. And then I just started thinking, Well, like, I've had some great coaches over the years, and I don't know if you had any yourself. Um, but these were people who are super influential in, in me molding who I am as a runner now, and I learned so much from them, and, and they were able to help me tremendously. So then I thought, you know. I really, it would be great to be able to have that same opportunity to to coach others and share the love that I have with running, and and hopefully shape them uh, to be better people, better runners, and uh, you know, then you know, 20 years down the road, they're doing the same thing that they're giving tips and tricks to you know their kids or whoever else that they come in contact with, and that that was really kind of the kind of impetus on that to want to you know help someone become who kind of I am today as a runner.
1: Right. Right. Um, we, when you're, when you're getting started in that or, or kind of maybe not when you're getting started, maybe that's a poor way of, of phrasing it, but like, um, you know, I, I've talked to several coaches, dozens of coaches, probably hundreds of, co- maybe not quite hundreds, but certainly mm-hmm. you're getting close to a hundred coaches probably over the, the years on the show. Um, and, and I always love, part of the reason I love it is, is, I'm always trying to learn, right? It kind of sounds like that is the same, same thing with you as well. Folks that you've learned from and trying to, to pass that knowledge on to others and, and hearing some, some tips and tricks or things that work, things that don't like, you know, sometimes saying the same thing, but we're saying it in different ways. So it, it resonates better with me or maybe it resonates better with somebody who's listening. Um, But, but, you know, when it, when it comes to coaching, I know you'd send, send some things over, you know, things we might want to talk about. And, and one of them being, being the warmup and, and the value of a warm-up for a runner. And, and I, again, I know I've talked about it before and, and, Um, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. I'm sure, I'm sure you, I know for myself, you go to a race, especially like the local 5k and you see people doing some things before the race and you're just like, Oh, like, what are you doing? Like, don't, don't just for me, one of them, I don't know, maybe this is, this is barking up the same tree. Maybe not, but like, you know, just standing there stretching their hamstrings for 30, 40 seconds before the race and and pulling the foot back and stretching the quad for 30, 40 seconds. It's like, Oh, do do something more dynamic. Don't do the static stretches before, before you go out and, and, and get after it. But anyway, all that to say, um, You know, when you're working with somebody and and, and you're getting started or you've been with them for a while, whatever, and the the subject of of how to how to structure a warm up or what's what what are the key bits of a warm up uh, value of a warm up, I mean, whatever. Let's just talk about warm ups for a little bit, because it's a a question that I get semi regularly. uh, So I know people are wondering about it. Let's let's just open it up wide open and and we'll kind of see where it goes. What what are your thoughts? What are your your 10,000 foot views on warming up before a run or a race? So, you know, the 10,000-foot
0: view, let's talk about kind of the why you're warming up. So there is some huge importance for injury prevention uh, prior to a race. Similar, you know, when you're going to the gym, you want to warm up before whatever you're doing so you're not going to pull a muscle. So that's first and foremost huge importance for whatever you are doing to properly – we'll get to that in a moment – properly warm up, and, and we'll show how that can happen. But that is hugely important. Second, performance. We know that by properly warming up that you have a likelihood of running a better race. And most people, I would imagine, would want to run a faster race, whatever that looks like for you. So by structuring a good warm-up in a way that you are ready for the race, you are more than likely, and it's something that's super easy to do, you are going to perform better. So that, that is the why we're doing that. That's the 10,000 foot view. The other interesting thing that I've been thinking about recently is if you were to run a hundred meters, how would you pace yourself?
1: I mean, if I'm going a hundred meters, there's not a whole lot of pace. It like we're going, we're, we're bat out of hell from the start to, to try to hold on as, as long as we can and, and get across that finish line.
0: Exactly. You're going to run as hard as you can. You know, there's no strategy. You and I, you know, we're middle age ish. We're probably, <laughs> probably going to run, you know, somewhere in the, I don't know, 16, 17 seconds ish. I don't know, somewhere like that, depending on how fast we are.
1: That's fair. <laughs> that might be, it might be optimistic, but I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> right. the compliment.
0: If you're younger, let's say, what, what's, so we've got an adult and we've got a kid. So we've got a kid who's also running 100 meters. They're probably going to run the exact same way because it's a very short race, they're going to run as hard as they can. And because they're a little younger, they're not as strong as us, they're going to run it slower. So let's say 20 to 21 seconds, depending on their age. How would you pace yourself for a 5K race?
1: Oh, that's, that is the million dollars. And that is why I don't like the 5K, but it's, it's, it's a controlled, not quite all out, but it's a controlled, like right at the red line from the start to the finish.
0: Right. But you're not running a hundred percent from the,
1: not right. even close. Absolutely. Correct. not.
0: Yes. So you've probably seen lots of kid races like the mile or uh, in here in Canada the 1 kilometer. Mm-hmm. What do you generally see happen for a lot of kids? Oh, what right. happens?
1: They go all out and then you know whatever 100 yards, 200 yards, now they're walking and then they go all out again and then they're walking again and it rinse and repeat till they get to the to the finish line.
0: Exactly. So part of it is they don't know how to pace themselves. And I think part of the warm up importance is to know how to correctly pace yourself. Now you and I have run thousands of, maybe not thousands, but hundreds of races. So we know right from say, I've never run a hundred meter race per se, but <clears throat> I generally know from hundred meters right up to the marathon where I fall in that range. And I know what my pace should be. If you're eight years old, you and you've never run before a race, you probably have no idea how to correctly pace yourself. But if you properly warmed up and you allowed yourself the ability to know how fast I should be running, that is one very perfect way that you can give yourself an advantage to do a whole lot better in that race. Something is actually very interesting that I read recently. And I think this relates to humans and many other animals Cheetahs, for example, when they're chasing down their prey, they know very, very quickly how much energy they are going to expend by trying to get that prey. And if they know that they have no ability or it's going to take a high, less likelihood that they're going to actually not succeed, they will stop. They will not go any further. Younger cheetahs do not have that ability. They go all out and they fail and they're not able to do it. So when we think about for ourselves, we also are running like a cheetah. Adults know how to pace themselves very well, as long as you've run races before, obviously. But younger people who do not have that same kind of uh, practice, one perfect way is to properly warm up so that they are ready, so they know how to compete. So that, that is why it is so important to warm up.
1: Okay. Yes, I, I I agree. Um, and and I I think that there's there's some really good examples in there. But yeah, like like I'm a, I'm gonna have this this kid race thing in my mind for a while now. I I have a feeling. Um, mm-hmm. but you mentioned in there proper warm up and and agreed as well that that's that like you know you can do anything, but like if you're not doing it the right way, then then you know whether we're talking running or otherwise, like if you're not doing it the right way, then you're not you, you might as well almost not even do it. So. It, it, from your view from from your experience from your your readings and researches and things like that what does it what does a proper warm up again kind of in general cuz i feel like and and maybe we'll get into this as well different races have a different quote unquote proper warm up but but in general as runners what are what are we looking for in terms of a proper warm up
0: well what's just what's just nail first what not to do very quickly so i think there's three things there's no warm up at all. I'm just gonna go to the start finish line and just burn. Just I'm gonna go out, yeah. So, <laughs> wrong, first of all. Second, is you made reference to static stretching, so I think that goes back to like the gym class mm-hmm. analogy where your gym teacher said, Okay, kids, let's warm up, let's go over to the wall and go uh, pull your hamstrings and get your quads warmed up. Again, that is not proper warm up, so that again is wrong. The third thing. And this is not wrong per se, but they're just not doing enough. So it's the people who are just jogging for five, ten minutes. That is great, but you need to take it the next step. So what to do, and this is just my personal view that I've kind of come up with over the years, and it just has really worked well for me. It's a four-step process. So the first one is just the five, ten minutes of jogging, getting the blood flowing, getting the oxygen moving in your body, generally warming up your body, moving your legs, moving your arms. Once you've progressed through that, then you move into the dynamic stretches. So there is a million different exercises that you could do to warm up those, whether that's like butt kicks, uh, high knees, uh, lunges, squats, uh, leg swings up and down to the uh with your uh, left and right, mm-hmm. uh, trying to kick your legs, you know, look it up yourself. There's so many that you could be doing. But the key here is, that, as you made a reference to, it's not static, it's dynamic. You want to be moving them through motion um, and focusing really on your quads, hamstrings and glutes. Those are the, the three key muscle groups that you want to be hitting. The next thing you want to do is Again, as you made reference to, it, it does depend on your race, distance, but also your pace. Mm-hmm. So let's we'll just do some quick math here because it's really easy for runners who are uh, not as great at math. Let's we'll say I'm doing a 5K race and I want to run under 20 minutes. So that's four minutes per kilometer. You Americans can quickly that math.
1: Yeah, we uh, make math more complicated by not factoring everything according to ten. Y'all, y'all got it right. We we just we jack it all up. Let's let's make it 3.1 miles and then we'll try to figure that out. Nonsense. Right, yeah, <laughs> keep it kilometers for us today.
0: Yeah. So five uh, k, uh, four minutes per kilometer, and so what you will do is the next step, step three, is a speed progression. So what I would do is I'm going to do five sets of 30 seconds where I am trying to get up to those four minute. Uh, per kilometer pace. Then I take 30 seconds to a minute of rest in between, where it's just a slow jog or a walk, and re- rinse and repeat that five times. If I'm not hitting exact on those four minutes per kilometer at set one or two, no big deal. We're uh, we're trying to push your body to get up to that correct pace. If you're too low, too high. We're by set four or five, then we're trying to really get as close to that number as possible. So that by the time race begins, you know exactly what your pace should be. So that's the key. So you're going through five sets, 30 seconds at that correct pace, whatever it is for you. You just calculate what that pace is prior to the event. So you know what you need to run. And again, that changes 5k 10k half marathon marathon it's still the same it's still a pace doesn't matter what it is then step four you know you're say 20 minutes ish out from the race now you're just relaxing go through some mindset practice some nice breathing get up to the start finish line visualize what you're about to do have a race plan go use the washroom one last time a couple little things here now You can do strides, a quick little sprint just to keep the legs fresh, get ready, get up to the start line. You know, we're five-ish minutes out. It also depends on how big of a race it is, too, trying to get into that uh, kind of finish line area. The smaller the race, the easier it is. You can kind of quickly jump out and go do a sprint. Uh, The last thing I always do is just take, like, your hands, like a little karate chop, hit them across your quads, hit them across your hamstrings, to keep them nice and warm, less than 30 seconds. If you do more than 30 seconds, you start hitting your muscles and they start to relax. Mm. So that's why I want to do it for less than 30 seconds. Do that a couple of times, hamstrings and quads. Now you're just two, three minutes out from the start of the race. More good breathing. Visualize what you're about to do. Gun goes off. You're ready to go.
1: Ready to go. Um, Mm -hmm. So just to to try to – put a put a time frame on it cuz i know people are going to be be asking. We're talking about 25 30 minutes something like that probably if i'm if i'm kind of understanding it correctly.
0: Yeah, so i would probably start this process about 40 ish minutes okay. before the the race starts. The steps 1 through 3 should take you 25 ish minutes. So now we're looking at like 10 again like you said, it does we need to look at what kind of a race this is. If this is like a major marathon, Chicago to
1: do because you've got 50,000 people running with you.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So you kind of need to structure it however it works for you. You know, maybe you're doing that as you're going to the finish line or the start line. Mm -hmm. If you're a small event, then you've got a lot more leniency. You can kind of stretch it out and work a little bit better. But yeah, if we're looking like a small 5k race, you know, you're getting to the start finish line. 15 to 20 minutes before the the race begins and and you've got plenty of time to get there and no problem. Yeah. If you're a major marathon somewhere, then you need to be looking more at how can I get to that finish line without uh, and and properly warming up. So that makes it a little bit harder, but generally speaking, this warm up should take you 25 to 30 minutes with 15 to 20 minutes to get to that start finish line. Gotcha.
1: So shifting it from, from race day to, you know, random Tuesday, I'm going out for my, my four five, six miles this morning. Um, what, what does, what does that type of proper warm up look like for you?
0: I think it looks the same. You probably don't need obviously that like final step of getting to wherever you're going. And again, it also depends on like what your work say it's is just
1: an easy run, just a, a cr- cruise in like easy base building type of, of, you know, five, six, about an hour, you know, four or five, uh, 45 minutes to an hour long, uh, type of, of easy run.
0: Okay. So in that scenario, you can probably just go like a quick, you know, even like just a couple minutes of either like running on the spot, skipping jump rope, or, you know, in easy two, three minutes of easy running, then go through those dynamic movements. Mm. I am guilty of this just as much as any other runner. I hit my watch. I'm out the front door. Right. So I, I just, I maybe just don't have enough time to go do it. But if you want to give yourself the best ability to have a good run, a good warm up, including the, the beginning section. And then I would still go through those dynamic movements. However, that looks like for you. Uh, and especially if you have any kind of injuries uh, that you are properly warming up those muscles and doing them in the proper way. So, I would still do it the exact same way as my race warm-up, but only those first two steps. Right. If I, if the workout was like a, a tempo or a speed run, I would do step three with getting ready. Uh, you know, however it looks like if you were doing a tempo run of, uh, we'll just throw out some numbers. I was going to do a, you know, an hour run and I was going to run at whatever pace for, 30 minutes, I wouldn't jump immediately into that hard section. I I would want to warm up with the first two steps and then throw in step three of, you know, probably five minutes or less of whatever that pace should be and generally getting like ramping it up to that pace, whatever that pace looks like for you, starting slower and then getting up to that, then going through you know, maybe 10 to 15 minutes of an easy jog, then start the hard section, finish that, and then enter your cool down. So it it does look very similar for race day or whatever your easy or hard workout would be. But it, it, like you said, it does, it does depend on what you're doing. Right. But a lot of runners don't do the warm up. And, and I'm guilty of it too. But you do perform, and you will feel a whole lot better if you do do that warm up and do it in the right way.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. And i I'm, I'm I've talked several times um, about my warm up routine, especially for just like a, a normal easy easy type of run day, where it's it's similar to what you said. Thankfully, I'm, I'm glad that we're that we're on the same page. I usually do some some jumping jacks or something like that in the house, and then I do some lunges and some leg swings, and, and it takes you know five, six, eight minutes, something like that. Um, and then, and then kind of out the door and just most, I do mostly heart rate based training. So it's mostly cruising. Like I, it's, I only do maybe one or two workouts per month, really. Like I, I just kind of keep it easy most of the time, a good heart rate zone and, and cruise along. Um, but, but I, I will say to, to your point of, of, you know, I'm not perfect either. Like, you know, the days that I'm oversleeping or I'm crunched for time a little bit. And I, you know, I would rather skip the eight minutes of warm up than to skip the last mile of the run, which is probably not the right thing to do, but it's just realistic. Like that's what I do. That first mile feels a whole lot different than the first mile after I get my six, seven, eight minutes of, of quote unquote proper. I wouldn't need to quote unquote. I would call it a proper warm up before I head out the door. Like it's just that, that first mile, that first step feels, feels great versus feeling a little, little, little little rusty, little, 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 little stiff getting going. Um, And yeah, you know, on race day, certainly you want to do something, even if, even if you're not aiming for necessarily PR, but just to get your body primed for, for what you're asking for, if you're going to be pushing at all, or even if you're not pushing at all, like priming your body helps reduce the injury risk and certainly has a, a tendency to make you feel better. So we're two thumbs up for uh, a good warmup for sure.
0: And even if you're not, like you said, if you, even if you are just out there to have a good time and you have no expectations of, you know, sending a personal best, you you're still going to be able to finish sooner and, and, and have a, I would think a better race day experience by actually doing a proper warm up mm-hmm. no matter who you are.
1: Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, shifting gears one last time before we wrap up today, Michael, uh, the podcast runner's resource. Where, where did, where did that, uh, I know you said you'd done some kind of dabbling in some podcasting before, so it's kind of maybe a, a natural transition, but, but what spurred you to make that transition into a, a running focused podcast?
0: Yeah. uh, Like I said before, I had, uh, so it was called Have You Ever, was the podcast that I had started back in March of 2021, and got about 30-ish episodes in, and then just kind of like, do I love this? I (laughs) love doing podcasts. I like interviewing people. The hard thing about it was I was doing a different episode on a different topic every single week and interviewing someone else. So, unlike running where like you and i can have this conversation with like no preparation at all and just kind of see where it goes i like to be a little bit more structured in terms of like the knowledge that i have on that topic so it was a lot of work to be able to put it all together and then you know of course editing and things so part of it was that and part of it was you know having a whole lot more knowledge where I could sit down and like yesterday recorded an episode about the 10 most important uh, tips for a marathon training program. Well, I mean, I can talk for half an hour very easily on that topic without any preparation, hardly at all. But if I was going to talk to you about financial literacy, I need to do a little bit more back work and and know what I'm talking about before I start this interview. So that, that was part of it. Part of it as well. Um, wanting to transition into becoming a runner coach, uh, having the opportunity for people to see what uh, information I have out there and what I'm putting out there and whether my information seems to kind of jive with you and whether you think I am more of a, like, we'll call it an expert in that field. So that also was part of it as well.
1: Enjoying it so far? Love it. Awesome. awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, I am somewhere in the like twenty-four-ish. Okay. Uh, finished. Um, we, you know, we kind of talked offline. You know, my uh, wife and I just brought in our newest member to the to the world. So I have a one-month-year-old. So I worked very hard uh, in the spring and summer to get ahead. So, I've got a whole lot of episodes in the bank well played so, so I've, <laughs> yeah, I've got about thirty five or so done ready to go uh with a number uh of episodes coming up that I'm starting to record so i haven't re- I haven't recorded an episode in about uh well i guess a month ish yeah. uh, I actually had one planned the day of his birth that I had to cancel It's kind of funny uh emailed them early in the morning saying. Sorry, we're gonna to need to reschedule. Uh, something just came up.
1: Yeah, something, something, something that's been brewing for the better part of nine months is just just <laughs> coming to fruition today. So we gotta we gotta get out of here. Yeah, and again, yeah, well well played on having that stuff all prepped out. I I launched this podcast um, two weeks before my daughter was born, and I don't think I had anything in the can. You know, like outside of like you know knowing that she was on the way, but like you know. I think we might have made like that might've been the one time I missed an episode it was like, Hey, sorry. We we're, I was in the hospital yesterday. We were having a baby. So, right. um, you know, and, and thankfully everybody's forgiven me that I, I missed that episode and then we're good to go, but should have had, should have, would have, could have had some things planned out. But anyway, um, Michael, as, as we're wrapping up today, um, one last question for you, I call it the philosophical question, which just basically means it's kind of like the introductory question, open-ended take it wherever you want to go with it. That's where we'll put the bow on things for today. Um, but, at this point in your life you know you 've been been running for for a minute uh and now getting into it more as as a as a career as well as something that you still do for fun um, Why is running so important to you why is why is running something that, that you want to kind of shift your your trajectory career wise into into this world while also still continuing to do it yourself why Why is running so important to you
0: in in terms of my own running we 'll we'll say and then I can maybe transition next onto the helping others but Fitness is something that has always been very important for me, and for anyone, we need to be very active in our lives. We typically, I think humans right now do live a very uh, sedentary lifestyle. Um, you know, you're sitting in the office and not doing too much. And I think having something that you are passionate about, whatever that looks like for you exercise wise, you know, whether that's you know playing tennis a couple times a week, weightlifting, running, doesn't matter what it is as long as you are moving your body being active and getting outside and being active we absolutely need to be doing that uh, for uh, our own mental health our own physical health and to prevent disease so as you are well aware I am very passionate about running and have been doing this for a long long time I it's very frustrating when I can't get out for a run and there has never been a long, long stretch of time where I haven't been running. So for me, I love this. I could do it every single day if I had the time and ability to do so. So my plan is to continue to run for as long as I'm here on this earth and we'll continue to you know, set some new goals and to continue to push and see where things go. And so that's just for me. Uh, In terms of helping others, as we made reference to earlier, it is, I think, even a greater experience. And I know you've experienced this probably as well as a fellow coach. It's great to be able to set a new personal best uh, to have great goals that you want to accomplish, but to help someone else accomplish and to have their ability to see how proud they were to qualify for Boston, to set a new a uh, personal best in a 5k, a half marathon, marathon, whatever it is. I, I think as a coach, it's actually even more inspiring to see what other people can do. And it, it is 99% on them. They, I, I'm not out with them every single day. They are the ones that are pushing themselves and getting out there and, and getting those goals I'm just kind of in the background giving them a a few little tips here and there. You know, here's what you should do. Um, It's totally on them. I am not taking any of the credit at all. But I think it is way more rewarding to be able to help someone else reach that goal and accomplish whatever they are. So kind of my two-step, just keep running, having fun, see what life brings me. But to be able to help someone else, I think at this point in my life is way more rewarding than just setting a new personal best for myself.
1: Yeah. I sitting here just nodding my head the whole way through. Like, yep, I, I can, I can resonate on, on all of those things. And, and I appreciate uh, what you're doing for the, the community and certainly wish you nothing but uh continued um success and health and and you know just just like me you try to keep running until they put us in the ground like no no plans on stopping before uh before it all stops if, if i have my way but um y'all if you enjoyed today's conversation kind of want to follow along with michael maybe continue to, to learn some stuff maybe maybe even work with him i mean whatever like you know whatever, whatever you're looking for um runners dot ca and again on instagram and twitter same handle both places at miken underscore running m-i-k-e-n underscore running on the social medias Dizruns.com/1096 will get you back to the show notes for today, where we've got all the links and all the, the the things that we talked about today written out for you. At least the short short form short form version uh, written out there with again with the links and photos and the whole nine. Dizruns.com/1096. So, Michael, thank you for uh, for taking the time today. I know I know having a one month old is uh, busy busy times. Uh, so thanks for carving out a little bit of time today. I appreciate it. Glad to connect. And uh, look, hopefully looking forward to being able to stay in touch and, and maybe doing this again at some point down the road. But until then, please be well. And, and again, thanks for the time today. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, hope you enjoy any runs you have coming up very soon.
1: All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Michael and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, takeaway de jour? De jour. Uh, for me, it kind of goes back to when Michael was talking about breaking 20 minutes for the first time in the 5K and, you know, basically in a race when he didn't have any expectations. You know, when, when that was, there wasn't a, a major emphasis on this is what the goal is going to be, just kind of set out to run it and like, oh, by the way, broke 20 minutes. And the reason that's a takeaway for me is I think that sometimes I'm guilty of this and, and maybe you are as well. I don't know. I don't know your life, but maybe, maybe this is a, a human nature type of thing where we put so much focus on the end result, um, maybe there's extra stress, maybe there's anxiety, maybe we're, we're tensed up a little bit, maybe I'm tensed up a little bit, that it makes it more difficult to achieve the result than it needs to be. Versus if we go into something mo- a little bit more relaxed, a little bit less stressed out about the the end result and just kind of going with the flow, sometimes that relaxed attitude, that lack of of Pressure that we put on ourselves can make all the difference. Now, I'm not trying to say that you don't still need to train and do do the right things, take care of the little things, all that kind of good stuff. I mean, if, if Michael doesn't do all of that, if he if he wasn't fit, if he hadn't been running consistently and taking care of his body and being ready to go on race day, like he's still not going to run 20 minutes or sub-20 minutes even with, with just being relaxed and not having that, that pressure on himself. But, you know, sometimes by going into a, a race with lowered expectations you might just surprise yourself i've i've done it before when i've done you know a, a race well i mean quite frankly when it was i did uh um two races back-to-back weekends two marathons back-to-back weekends and you know i wasn't expecting a whole lot from the second the second marathon you know seven days after one previous I um, actually did this twice and pr'd you know um Yes, there was a lot of training that went in. There was there was effort taking care of of you know being prepared for the races, recovery in between the two, but you know by by kind of erasing expectations by thinking, well, God, I just ran a marathon last weekend. Uh, clearly, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crush this weekend. Uh, you know, you you take that pressure off. I wasn't really watching my watch that closely. I wasn't worried about splits and paces and all that kind of nonsense. Just went out and ran and you know, you kind of get to mile 20. You're like, damn, I'm feeling pretty good. Maybe I'll push a little harder, kind of coming into the, to the finish line and end up with a PR mess around and end up with a PR because there's no pressure. And again, that doesn't just happen. Like there's a lot of effort and training that goes into that, but I don't know. I just think there's something to the idea of trying to remove some pressure, some, some self-imposed pressure for race day performance that can lead to at least the performance you might have been aiming for, maybe even better. So, I don't know, something to think about, something to, to maybe kick around. Maybe it, it's not anything for you at all, but it is for me. You know, whatever the next time is that I'm going to toe the line for a, a race when I'm really trying to race, I might just try to go into it with zero expectations. See what happens. And I don't know, mess around, mess about, find out, right? Might just end up with a new PR. Anyway, worked for Michael. It's worked for me in the past. Will it work for me in the future? I don't know. Stay tuned. TBD. But uh, what stood out to you from today? What was your takeaway today? Maybe it was something similar. Maybe it was something completely different. Maybe warm up related. I don't know. You let me know. At Dizruns on Twitter. At Dizruns on Instagram. You can send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can also head over to the show notes for today. Dizruns.com slash 1096. Dizruns.com slash 1096. Check out the photos, check out the write-up for the episode. And, of course, down there at the bottom is the comment section. Feel free to comment away, seeing as that's exactly what that section is for. Comment away with your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways from today's episode. Always love to hear from you all in whatever manner works best for you. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up one last time for the Little Things course. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's free, and it might just help you. It might just help you. Dizruns.com slash little things. Check it out. Let me know what you think. If it's something that, uh, find, that, that you find useful, find valuable. Hope that you do. And, uh, with that, let's wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Michael and I with you today. And until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks for listening and we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.